Welcome back to the Spiritual AF Life Podcast. You are in for a treat today because we have a special guest in the house and her name is almost as fun to say as she is as a person. We have on Zofia Renea Morales and we cover a lot of ground in this conversation, going from everything from hypnosis to following your soul breadcrumbs to the soul connection, divine healing, and also getting into a little bit of the soul contract as well. Now, you don't have to take my word for it. You can definitely tune in to her vibe, her energy when we get to the conversation, but I just have to read you a little bit of her bio because I just think that it just provides the essence of who she is. All right, Zofia Renea is a host of the talk show program Sovereign Self and the creator of the Conscious Enlightenment process, which we're going to be talking about today. As a transformation alchemist and teacher, she guides clients to find the gold within their most painful life transitions, helping people from all backgrounds notice how life wraps the best gifts in the shittiest wrapping paper. Sophia's scientific and corporate background appears to clients who appreciate the way she integrates pragmatic woo and real life into her work. Seasoned with love and laughter, Zofia guides her clients through their own spiritual crisis and onto the path of passion and purpose with warmth, joy, tenderness, and play. So if you didn't notice, just me by me reading that, that she is definitely one of our soul tribes, one of our soul sisters, and I cannot wait to share this conversation with you. So let's get to it right now. to have you on today. I'm so happy to be here with you. I was thrilled to get the the connection and I'm really looking forward to talking today. Oh, me too. Me too. Because there is so much that I feel like you bring to the table with spirituality. And the first thing that I really want to talk about before we get into it, because I feel like you're one of the most unique guests that I've ever had on. And that is because you come from like a very analytical background, right? You actually had a master's in biophysics. Yes. Yes. I'm a trained scientist. I did all of that in the lab with the magnets and the computers and, and molecular biology. And yeah, it's, uh, it's a very heady background. A lot of mind stuff, two plus two equals four. It's got to be replicatable. And I think that's, I think it was important for me to have that experience early in my life because I, a lot of people struggle with that, right? It's like, I can't be rational and woo at the same time. I have to pick a a world, I have to pick a lane. And I'm living proof that you don't have to pick a lane. You can do both at the same time. And I'm not a zebra, okay? There are a lot of other people out there in medicine, in science, who have discovered that this less definable, easily characterizable thing that we call miracles or woo or whatever word you want to put around it, um, it comes into play, even in science. You know, emotions are not separate from your physicality. There's a, a language in your body called hormones and neurochemicals 
that is actually the language of emotion and response in your body. Oh and and so it's, it's not like this is a, a completely separate world. And a lot of times in science and in medicine, we put up these walls, right? It's like, I'm a specialist in eyes. And if it's not in my bucket, I, I can't do anything with it. I, I've discovered just how extreme that is. I looked for an orthopedic surgeon because I had a bone spur on the front of my hip, which is a strange place to get a bone spur to start with. Mm-hmm. And to find someone who is willing to operate on that sucker, I, I can't tell you how many phone calls I made. And it's like, we only do, you know, head and neck. We only do hands and shoulders. We only do legs, not as far as the pelvis. We do like knees and hips, but we're not good. It's like, wow, wow. I didn't think this was going to be a hard thing to make happen. And I did finally find a, a doctor who was associated with the university who was willing to take it on. But yeah, there are lots of silos that we put ourselves in in the modern world. And spirituality, I think, helps to break down some of the silo-ness. Oh, my gosh. You are you're speaking to my heart right now because with a lot of things, like I'm not like a physics major or anything like that, you know, but I'm like, man, physics is catching up. And a lot of it is scientifically based, what we believe. And then I'm like, they make it so woohoo. And I'm like, it's not. It's like, if anything, you know what I mean? Maybe some other organized beliefs are more woohoo and out there than this yeah. is because it can actually be scientifically proven. Yeah, there, you, there is, there is uh, what I want to say, theories that can potentially explain some of what we see happening. Yes. There we go. I love how you just articulated that, that it's absolutely perfect. So you've always been that type of person that's very like analytical and that kind of thing, but have you always been spiritual as well? A uh, funny story around that. Ooh, I had a feeling. Because <laughs> we, we are all, when we're children, dialed into that connection. We, we see angels. We see crossed over dead people. We see the little fairies in the forest. And we are trained out of that. We're literally trained out of that. Your parents start by discounting this stuff as your imaginary, his imaginary friend, her imaginary friend. Okay. Do you think this happens with every child? I think it's something that our modern day society systematically eradicates. Okay. Okay. That would make sense because I always feel, because I am a psychic medium, I work as such, but I didn't open up to my gifts until like in my thirties, basically, you know? So I look back on my childhood and I never had an imaginary friend. I never had that, but I do remember one thing. And I remember always being afraid of ghosts. I remember Mm -hmm. being afraid of this stuff. And I remember my family, like anytime they talked about it was very taboo. It would make me even scared, but like, they don't exist. They don't exist. But something inside of me was like, I think they do. (laughs) You know? Yeah. I'm quite convinced that they do yes and that's a very common growing up experience and in my case i had prescient dreams i would dream about things that that would then happen now fortunately they weren't scary ones some prescient dreams can be absolutely terrifying mine were just kind of bizarre you know i was i was raised in the the 70s basically and i can remember being of the age that i could ride the bus by myself so what 10, 12 years old, something like that. And I'd had this dream about this person getting on the bus, but they were 
their appearance was extremely bizarre to me and I felt a little uncomfortable with it. And I looked down at my lap and I was wearing a, a really distinctive plaid skirt. Okay, this is like the extent of the, of the dream. And then I was riding the bus one day and this strange appearance person got on and I felt uncomfortable. I looked at my lap and went, damn, it uh, just identical, right? And it freaked wow. me out quite a bit. And I could not talk about it with my family. Okay. And I'd had a few of these before this one, but this was the one that it was really like, this is a thing. Yeah, this is a real thing that's happening. And I was raised in an extremely conservative Lutheran uh, background and they ghosts are not a thing. You can't talk to crossed over dead people. That stuff is all witchcraft and nastiness and and it's of the devil. Okay. Yeah. And so I'm not about to raise my hand and going, I'm having prophetic dreams. Yes. <laughs> because all about me. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I'm not going down that road. And I talked to a friend of mine who was my age and I thought might perhaps be open enough that I can have this conversation and she's not going to like blab it to the world kind of thing. And she just scared me more about oh it. My gosh. She's like, Oh my God, have you seen my death? Am I going to die? Oh now I, I wasn't, what do I want to say? Old enough or mature enough in my response to recognize that, <laughs> come on, we're all going to die. What does it really matter, right? Yes. <laughs> but, you know, at that age, I was like, oh, my God, I, I don't want the responsibility for seeing that sort of thing or having to make a decision about do I share this? Do I don't share that? Not that I'd ever had one that was that way, but the, just the idea that there might be that possibility was enough that I, I shut it down really hard. And to this day, I don't remember my dreams. That's how hard I shut it down. Wow. Were yeah. You able to open it up back up in other ways intuitively? A lot of other things opened up for me farther down the road. And looking back on it, I think one of the reasons I was so very successful in the academic world and in my studies uh, was because of the one thing that I did not shut down because I had a way to explain it. Oh. And my main channel for my psychic gifts is actually what they call clear cognizance, which is clear knowing, okay? And so I would arrive to a test that perhaps I had not studied for. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm really good at, at like these standardized tests and that kind of thing. Uh, and I never developed test anxiety, I think, because when I look at it, the answer arrives for me. Like the question is like, oh, it's this one. Oh, it's that one. And so oh. multiple choice, easy freaking peasy, because the answer like, like lights up for me. <laughs> you know what that is reminding me of right now is me and my husband watch Jeopardy every night. And sometimes the stuff that comes out of my, my mouth, my husband's like, you're cheating. Don't have them give you the answers. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
he was like, I know that you didn't, that you didn't know this. And so now to this day, even like one time we try to play like the video game Jeopardy, where yeah. it's multiple choice. Like I will win every single time. And because also my intuition comes into play at that point. Yeah. He's like, no. He's like this isn't fair. He's yeah. Like, trivial pursuit. You do not want to play trivial pursuit with me. <laughs> you will lose. Okay. Oh uh, but that one, I think I was able to leave on because I could explain it. I'm a voracious yeah. reader. I have, uh, back in the day, I had a mind like a steel trap. It's, it's getting a little rusty now, but still, <laughs> I've got a really good memory. And so I could always explain it away. Oh, I must have seen it someplace. I read it somewhere, even Ooh. though I could never tell you where that place was. Wow. Okay. Because there's so many people that I talk to who are like, I shut down my gifts. You know what I mean? I shut down all this and, you know, they happen to be like, um, same kind of thinkers as you are. So one of the tips that you would give them would be to kind of do what you did. It's, it's a useful way to deal with the world that doesn't understand the woo. Okay. Um, some of the other things, that are what I want to say more acceptable in the more structured mundane world is they still respect the inspiration that comes from sleeping overnight. Oh yeah. I, I slept on it last night and this thought came to me, let's test that out as opposed to going, I'm divinely inspired and this is what we're doing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> There's the language you use around it makes a difference in how people receive it. Ooh, I like that. Can you give us an example of that? About um, language to use? Yes, okay, I'll give you an example of this. Right now I'm getting um, a certification in hypnotherapy because change is one of the things that's uh, at the center of what I practice with people. And it's a scary thing. If you've tried to change on your own or even through a process, whether it's stop smoking or lose weight or, or become more confident speaking in public. A lot of times you struggle with that. And part of the reason we struggle with that is there's usually something in our subconscious mind that has determined that we're safer if we don't do whatever that change is. So the smoking is serving some sort of a a positive purpose in your life, even if your conscious mind doesn't understand what it is. Okay. okay. And so I was in a meeting with a bunch of other ladies who are in the certification process. And there is one lady in the Midwest who's running into trouble getting clients to practice on. Okay. And they recommend, you know, don't give it away, but charge like 10 bucks so that they're a little bit vested in showing up and actually doing the work. And she's been getting a lot of, what I want to say, negative response when she says the word hypnosis or hypnotherapy. And it's like, okay, oh. don't go from that end of things because it's just too out there for many people in the community that she's in. Oh, see, I love what you just said. It's too far out there for the community that she's in because I am so far away from like that kind of community that I am like, wow. But sometimes I do yeah. get into those, those positions where I'm like, oh, 
being psychic or intuitive and stuff like that is way, way, way beyond anything they're ready to accept. And so you have to learn to couch it in terms that they're more able to deal with. Uh, And some of them are, instead of saying hypnosis, what we do is we relax, we relax deeply. And then we have a conversation. Okay. And that's really what happens in a hypnotherapy session. You relax in a deep and profound way, which allows you to turn off your thinking brain and the subconscious to step forward. And then you have a conversation and you find out why it is that that subconscious mind thinks that smoking is helping you. Oh, And once you know why the smoking is beneficial in your subconscious, now you can address that problem and, and provide that need a different way. Oh my gosh. Wow. That is just so enlightening because I recently, my husband's um, friend who's actually in the army, very, very, you know, smart guy, everything else. And he would be the type the kind of like you that would never go woohoo. And he's actually got his certification in um, hypnotherapy. And it was really funny because I was just listening to the process, kind of like what you were talking about. And so many people, we don't realize how much our, our past our little things that we don't even realize have really got brought into our present moment. And I remember when I met my husband, I was, I really not into dogs. I'm not really into dogs. I'm not into pets. You know what I mean? Ever since I was little, I just wasn't into them. You know, I just don't have that connection. I always wanted it. And so every time that we would go to like the malls or wherever, where they love the dogs to go to, I would, you know, not really want to pet them because I was just like, why, you know, why, why? Yeah. It doesn't sing to me. Yeah. And then on the way home, all of a sudden, just by talking about it, this, this memory came in back in my mind. And it was when I was really, really little, one of my oldest memories. And I remember coming home from school and my mom's like, hey, there's a surprise for you in the backyard. And I go in the backyard and there's this giant dog, okay? And I loved this dog. And this dog was like knocking me over and playing with me. And I was just like, I remember the sun went down and I was just like, I wanted to live out there with this dog. Um, until about, and not too long after that, like, I mean, hours later, um, his owners came and picked him up. Oh, so there is only heartbreak down that road. And that's why I never allowed myself to open up to any dogs or animals really ever again. My heart was broken. I didn't know, you know, that that dog wasn't mine. I thought that that was. Yeah, mom didn't uh, present that well. (laughs) Yeah, not that well. I don't want to blame her but I was like, you know, and so it's so funny because I feel like that hypnotherapy thing is just going to be like, so helpful to so many people. Does this also tie into your conscious enlightenment process? Because I know you have that as well. It totally ties into the conscious enlightenment process. um, Because problems can happen on four different levels, right? You've got the physical, where it's purely something that went wrong in your in your physiology, you've got an infection or, or you've had an accident or something. You've got the mental, which is a lot of what we talk about when we're talking about changing your subconscious mind. You've got the emotional, which is what tells the subconscious mind is important. Ooh, okay. And then you've got the spiritual. Okay. And some of that is your connection to your higher self, um, your connection to the 
divine in the people around you. I have, I hold that particular bias that we are all made of God stuff. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love Whether that. or not we're actively expressing it, we are all made of God stuff. Um, and on the spiritual level, I take it a step farther than that because we planned what happens when we come down here and we plan it pretty darn thoroughly in terms of will I have an opportunity to learn this particular lesson, whether it's uh, self-worth or self-love or giving unconditional love or setting boundaries or whatever your, your thing is. We all have different lesson plans and we all have them at different levels. This world is like a one room schoolhouse. Yeah, you know, you've got people, people learning their lessons and their ABCs and their one, two, threes in the front row. And you've got people writing PhD theses at the back of the room. So don't, don't ever compare yourself to somebody else because if you're learning your ABCs and your one, two, threes, you're perfect right where you're at. If you're writing your dissertation, you are perfect right where you at. Don't, don't compare yourself. Don't judge other people because they're doing exactly what they're here to do. That is such, I love, like, don't judge other people for what their path is. So many people like me and, you know, that I run across, it's like, I just think that we are doing like advanced degrees with how much craziness has happened in our lives. Oh my God. And that's one thing that I, I extend as comfort to somebody who comes to my process is like, oh my God, I've got this whole pile of t-shirts. It's like, sweetheart, yes. because you're here for something big and amazing and you have to relate to a lot of people, which is why you acquire all of these T-shirts. Yeah, had the bad boyfriend, had the bad breakup, had the stalker ex-husband, the icky divorce, uh, lost my child early in life, all of this stuff, if that's your kind of story. It's because you're here to connect to a lot of different people. And to connect with someone, you have to understand what it is to walk that path, to stand in those shoes. Oh my and so if you're oh one of these people who's got that pile of t-shirts and going, I don't know why I'm here. It's something big, baby. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I love it too, because you can relate to other people. Other people can relate to you. And yeah. before I lost my mom, like I was doing readings and I thought that I could really sympathize with someone else who's lost their mom. Cause I lost a grandmother who was just like a mom to me yeah. until I lost my mom. And yeah. Then, and that's a I, whole nother level. I was yeah. like, wow. I was like, I completely understand. And I think like a lot of people listening right now too, they might also see some commonalities ha happening in their life. You know what I mean? Like exactly. are drawn to them. So I love that. You're so yes. Back to the planning aspect of this, we, we decide what it is we want to achieve. And because there's free will and free will is a thing, we plan in a redundancy of ways to get those lessons. Oh. And once we've planned all that in, it gets turned into a vibration that becomes your birth name. And that, get, that vibration gets transmitted to your parents. Ooh, and then what happens if your name changes? Like my name got changed when I was younger. Yes, um, I've, I'll answer that in just a second. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Okay, um, because I want to offer a little evidence of the fact that this is what happens. If you've Ooh. watched anyone name a child, whether you went through the process yourself with your spouse and your family, or you watch somebody else in your family go through this process, you'll recognize that they get a shit ton of suggestions, right? Yes. Yeah. Every, name him after Aunt Myrtle or Uncle Joe or whatever it is, right? 
And you will also notice that the parents only seriously consider a tiny fraction of those names. Most of them are dismissed immediately and out of hand. That's not it. That's not it. Because on a super conscious level, the parents know what that name needs to be. And they'll know the vibrational match when they land on it because it was shared with them by the child that's coming in. Okay. I love and, that. And I never so, that I love that. Yeah. And so you can backwards engineer that to determine what the lessons plans were. What were the lesson plans that they had? What are the main goals they're here to achieve? What are the main strengths they brought in to achieve it with? And what's their overall life purpose? What's the overarching story arc of this particular existence? And so that's where I start when I start with someone who comes into the conscious enlightenment process saying, I've got this thing that's not responding the way it ought to. I've tried it all. I've, I've been on the diets. I've, I've been shrunk. I've, <laughs> I've done all the things that should allow me to cast off the weight and it's not working. All right, let's go back to the lesson plan and let's dig in and see, you know, what it is you came here to learn. You know, and is it an ex unconditional acceptance of your body? Was it learning how to be in balance with the divine masculine or men? <laughs> okay. Wow. Um, and then we can start to dig into what is really at the base of that. Wow. And this is some, this is a process you created or is it numerology, astrology that you use? Or It's a combination of techniques. Um, I learned the numerology of Moses. I also have a process that I certified in called divine healing. It's got like four different levels to it. Um, but then there's also my own intuitive side of things. My problem solving process, that's one of my gifts is I'm a, a troubleshooter. And I did it when I was in science. I did it when I was in corporate. I did it when I was in finance. It's just, it's the thing that I do. Okay. And so I find that most of my clients have tried every freaking thing, yes. including uh, most of the woo stuff out there and it has not worked um, because you're not going to get the answer until you've gotten to the root of the problem to fix it. The analogy that I use is it's like you walk into your house and you flip on the light switch and nothing happens. Okay. The, the go-to is get the chair, change the bulb, flip the switch, nothing happens. Well, does that mean you're a crappy light bulb changer? <laughs> no. No. It means you haven't gotten to the root of the problem. Okay. So what's the next thing you do? Okay. March out of the house, go around to the breaker, see if the breaker's flipped. It looks okay, but let's, you know, switch it on and off anyway and see if it resets something, right? Go back in the house, flip the switch, still nothing. All right. Does that mean you did a crappy job of flipping the breaker? No. Does that mean that flipping breakers is not a valuable thing to do when your light doesn't come on? No. <laughs> okay. Now you need to dig a little deeper. Maybe you call the, the electrical company to see if they're having an outage in the neighborhood. Try a few other switches in your house to see, is it a more generalized electrical thing? Okay. And if both of those come up as negatives, where do you go from there? Well, I might need to call an electrician who can like look at the switch. 
and see if maybe the switch itself is broken, right? What I want to say, I'm the healer. I hate to use the word healer because we use it wrong, but <laughs> I'm kind of like the healer of last resort. And what I do is I go through all of those levels, starting with what was your plan for this life? And we see where that problem is really residing, where is really the root of that problem. And once you identify that, then you can apply the right solution. Oh my gosh. I love that. So this is on your website? Like, um, more about that? I need to flesh that out on my website. <laughs> but if you'd like to hear more about that and like start the beginning of that process, I do have a 20 minute conversation that I have with people that I call a coffee chat. And I always pull your soul contract before I even have that conversation, because it gives me an idea of where you're coming from and what your potential needs might be before we even start talking. Wow, I love that. And I know that so many people listening right now are just like so excited about it and want to know because um, like I always say, I think you probably could agree with this too, is that, you know, going down your spiritual path and that spiritual side of yourself, if you, if you want to call it that, it's like just going in deeper within yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just learning about yourself too. And it's really cool when you get some of those answers or that insight from someone else and it kind of confirms or validates some of the things that you were thinking. It's just wonderful. Yeah. Well, because we're trained to second guess ourselves, right? Yes. <laughs> well, I could be biased. No, you're the expert on this situation. <laughs> Don't go with you could be biased. You are the expert on what's going on in your mind, in your body, in your heart, in your soul. Isn't that okay. True? The it's rest true. of us are just here to provide support and guidance or to ask for a mirror, to act as a mirror when you're, you're going through a thing. Oh my gosh. It's so true. I, it's so true. Um, and there's something else too, because I actually went to your website. Absolutely love it. It's so beautiful too. You actually have like this free quiz too, where people can like um, find out what their spiritual superpower is. Yes. I love that. That's part of my function as a mirror in this world, right? Because many of us walk around and go, oh, if only I was gifted like Heather Danielle, she can talk to crossed over dead people. That would be so amazing. Okay all the while not realizing that you're actually an energy transmuter and when you walk into a room your presence literally starts to solve the problem <laughs> wow that and heather danielle's going i want that one <laughs> yes right? i want to be that so you're saying that's one of the superpowers that is one of the superpowers Ooh, i love it so it's more than just finding out like what your strongest claire is you know that no i don't even talk i don't talk about your claire is one of the big uh, comments that i get after people take the quiz is but i'm a healer i i don't know why i didn't get in the healing bucket oh well that's a much longer conversation there is no healing bucket <laughs> because any of these superpowers can work in a healing practice any of them and the truth of the matter is anyone who says oh i'm a healer either doesn't understand what healing is or is just using the cultural uh, misuse of that word because doctors are not healers they're advisors and they're technicians who support your body in doing what it's trying to do already which is heal okay yeah. The healer is inside of you. And that's one of the big places I think the West has gone wrong 
in the medical system is they've set up this dichotomy where there's this medical doctor who knows everything and makes prognostications like your dad will be dead in a couple of months prepare to be burying him okay i had that prognostication given to me oh it'll be three years ago in february so about two and a half years ago now okay and you should only expect decline was the doctor's words don't expect any improvement on this he's got dementia that's irreversible there's all this you know he's just going to lose more function as he goes on and they they set that up and you're supposed to accept what they've told you not question not try anything else not push back okay now there are some out there who don't take that approach but by and large that's how the medical system is set up and even the insurance company now wants to dictate what you can and cannot do to get well and i think one of the best things i did in my getting healthy process was i went i don't accept that and i'm willing to pay for what it is that i need screw you <laughs> Ooh, I like that and you know that's how I have gone down that road and I, it's I know a lot of people will hear that and react to that and go well that's fine she's got plenty of money but I made that change while I was in freaking bankruptcy wow okay this was not a financially resourceful moment for me but I did it anyway oh my gosh and it's made a ton of difference in how my health has recovered and how healthy I am allowed to be <laughs> because I don't just put up with like crazy side effects from drugs and go, well, this is just the way it's got to be. I, I push back. I'll go in and say, look, this is what this drug is doing to me. I find it unacceptable. What are our alternatives? Yes. And I will, I will insist on asking questions like, okay, how do I work my way off of this drug? Oh my gosh. And who do you work with? Because I know normal doctors aren't like that. You a lot of normal doctors are like, what is wrong with you? Which is a sign you're not working with a very good advisor or technician. Yep. Um, and so it takes a lot of working and digging. I find that functional medicine doctors are much better more amenable to the understanding that your body has an incredible capacity to heal and that it may not be necessary to be on a drug for your entire lifetime if you fix the actual problem that's causing it. Yes. Which a lot of them don't want to dig for, but the functional medicine guys will. Now, insurance doesn't play well with that. But I found some zebras over the years that were functional medicine and covered under insurance to a certain extent. So it's possible to find them, but it takes some work. You can also find what I want to say, conventional medicine doctors that are more open to a broader approach as well. I find them, I find that the ones that have DO after their name instead of MD tend to have a broader outlook. Oh, that's um, ones that have been cross-trained in other philosophies like acupuncture or chiropractic tend to have a more open-minded time mindset. I've also found that imported doctors will have a, a more open mindset than one that was raised in the U.S. because they were raised with homeopathy and some of these other, um, what do I want to say, 
alternative technologies that are more mainstream in the countries that they came from. Oh, I like that. Never thought of any of this. Yeah. Now it, it's not a hundred percent. Not every doctor that came from India is going to go, oh yes, and we'll incorporate Ayurveda. <laughs> Some of them have drunk the conventional Kool-Aid, but you get, you have a better shot at it. Oh my gosh. I feel like you're channeling this information. So I feel like who's <laughs> ever like really resonating with this. You know what I mean? I feel like it's time for you to take this, um, take this information and maybe run with it, you know, or just see, go down that path, take another step. Yeah. Forward. Get, get, because get curious, right? <laughs> because you have no idea, like what I've been dealing with. It's so funny because are you really doing this because you feel like I have a problem or are you doing this because there's, you know, you get money out of this because I was at the doctor's office for almost 24 hours for the sleep study and then all day um, actually yesterday with the sleep study. And I'm just like, I only did it because of my husband. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I think that's weird. You have a yeah. and I'm and with it, an ENT. Yeah. It, so. It's, it's, it's one of the things, it's a question that it's important to ask. Exactly. Is, like is, is this really something that's going to bring us closer to an answer? Or is it something that's just there because they feel like they have to do it? It's the most common thing to do. And it's important to trust your intuition on it. Because sometimes, what do I want to say? There are the objective set of mundane facts, but sometimes there are spiritual reasons to go down that road that aren't yeah, clear that. to you in the moment. Uh, and, you know, it's good example. I had a guest on my show a few weeks back and she had, she followed her soul breadcrumbs. All the signs were go to the university, get this degree that would put her into this government job that was going to have the income level she was looking for and a bunch of other things, goodness is about it. It was very aligned with, with what she wanted to be doing in the world. She got the degree and the government ended the program. Oh, wow. The job she thought she was preparing for was completely gone and evaporated. And it's really common in those moments to go, did I get the signs wrong? Why would soul lead me down this path up to this freaking brick wall? But everything you do is for a reason. And there's a reason you're standing in front of this brick wall. So look to the left and look to the right and see where the next set of soul breadcrumbs is. You weren't led here without purpose. It's not wasted, although to the conscious mind, it feels that way. <laughs> oh my gosh, soul breadcrumbs. And I, I, yeah. I, you're so right though. I tell people that too. I'm like, hey, even when it doesn't work out, even if you felt like you were guided to go there, you were guided to go down that road for a reason. Mm -hmm. So I love it. Look to your left, look to the right. Is there something that you're, you're not seeing or whatever it is? Like yeah. Like ask the question. I've, you know? I've had a fair number of those experiences in my life. And it's mainly because I'm very stubborn. <laughs> I was oh, I raised by a German and a Norwegian. So stubborn, stoic, I've got a plan and by God, I'm executing on it. And my soul will occasionally have to just like run me into a wall, whack me upside the head and go, okay let go of that. You are only on that path to get to this point. So you could take this sudden left over here. And I, I think my explanation, spiritual explanation for the bankruptcy I was in was I was not taking the hints. I was not following my soul breadcrumbs. 
and my soul literally closed off all paths that were not follow your soul, follow your intuition, let the logical mind go. Oh my gosh. Oh, and then look at where you're at now. And look oh. where I am now. Exactly. I love it. I want to circle back though. You asked me a question that I told you I would answer later. <laughs> oh, okay. You can tell I have like ADD squirrel brain. So yeah, it, it's all good. The, the question was what happens when you change your name? Yes. Okay. So th I think of your birth name as like the chocolate cake of your existence. Okay. You will always have chocolate cake for your entire life. Okay. Oh, okay. The names that you bring on, on top of that, whether it's a pen name or a pet name or a nickname, or you change your name in marriage or whatever it is, these are all like different kinds of frosting that you put on that chocolate cake. Oh. And it makes the experience of the chocolate cake different. Chocolate cake is different when you have caramelized uh, pecan nuts and, and coconut spread over it. You've got that German chocolate cake experience. And then if you change your name, you might decide to put chocolate mousse in the center and chocolate fudge frosting on the outside and chocolate sprinkles on top and have this death by chocolate experience. Or maybe that gets too heavy after a while and it's like, okay, let's, uh, let's put jellied cherries in the center and whipped cream on top and we'll have a black forest cake experience. Oh my God. So that's what changing your name does. It brings in uh, new influences or it further reinforces existing influences in your soul contract, depending on what you, your desire is. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. Thank you so much for answering it to me. And I think that um, it wouldn't surprise you. So my middle name is Danielle, right? Mm -hmm. And it's so funny because I've had been married before. So my last name has changed a couple of times, right? But my birth name was Lonnie and they switched it to Heather, right? You know, I think I was like five years old or something. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know it's really weird. I think I had some identity crisis, you know what I mean? When I was, when I was growing yeah. up, because some people were still calling me Lonnie. So it was really funny. And so, but the funny part is, is that I teach a lot. I'm online a lot. I do a lot of stuff, right? And I I cannot tell you how many people on a daily basis just call me Danielle, just mm -hmm. Danielle. Like I've had people yelling, my yelling, Danielle, Danielle, Danielle. And I'm like, my, I'm Heather. My last name is Danielle, right? You know, like, well, he's yeah. not my name. And it's so funny until probably like, I don't know, maybe a couple of weeks ago, because it's been happening for years. I'm like, even people I'm working with just call me Danielle. And I'm like, yeah, that's, right there? that's, that's a hint. <laughs> exactly. Isn't that a hint? I am like, it's the only name that hasn't changed in my life. Yeah. So I'm like, I feel like and that. it's it's the center of of who you are and who people are connecting to because Ooh. the name that you're putting out there and the name that they're sharing with you this, this is stuff that happens on this super conscious level okay when you introduce yourself to someone you're you're sharing with them the experience you're expecting back from them on this super conscious level and so if you're like why is it i always attract the bad boys because you have a soul lesson around that experience that you have with bad boys, whether it's that you need to love yourself more, to set up more boundaries, or you need to be more discerning about, there are a number of different soul lessons that can connect to that. I always attract the bad boys experience. Mm -hmm. um, but when you introduce yourself, the bad boy knows what he's supposed to serve you oh at a super God. conscious level. At a conscious level, he, he, he doesn't know. 
<laughs> if you want to watch this in action, I, I always get, I'm, I'm weird. I'm a people watcher. And so I love the DMV because I get a bunch of time to watch people interact. Oh, I love that. And if you go to the DMV and you watch like a particular officer at the DMV and the experience that they serve to the people, you watch the soul contract in action because some people will go up and have the most amazing, smooth experience and they in and out with what they need, no time at all. And other people get up to that officer and cannot breathe right. Wow, you are so right. Because I think that we can think back on on times where we've observed this, like not even thinking yeah. that we remember. And it's, it's like, so it doesn't that. make any sense at all until you learn about soul contracts. And the first thing they connect with at the DMV is your full legal name. And their super conscious is on overdrive. It's like, okay, here's your experience. You need, you're missing three pieces of paperwork and you know, the I's aren't dotted and the T's aren't crossed and hit the road. It makes sense though. That's yeah. why some people have an amazing experience in, in one area and some other people don't. I never even thought about it being soul contract fulfillment, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you might think differently next time you go to what we call the secretary of state, you know what I mean? Or if yeah. you're at the grocery store, you might be thinking, okay, what lesson am I learning here right now? Yeah, exactly. Why is, why is this person responding to me this way? Hmm. <laughs> I do that every single time I'm at the grocery store and you know, we all do it. At least I think we all do it. Like, okay, which one's the shortest, which one's the fastest, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I always choose the one behind the person that's going to take a zillion hours. And then they that has all the problems and the, the bar can scan doesn't work or they're writing out a check, which the system can't yeah. deal with anymore. Yes. And I, is patience yeah. perhaps on your, <laughs> on your lesson plan? <laughs> I'm thinking so. And that's the reason why, like, I'll be fuming, right? And I will be able to pick up my stuff and go to another lane. But I make myself stay there sometimes because I'm like, Heather, you're learning this lesson right now. You are learning patience. You are learning, like, just where do you have to be right now? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you might want to rush out, but just stay here. So sometimes I will. I'll yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I have a mantra that I use because I'm one of these people who's very attached to on time or early. I will be there on time or early. I'm dependable. I'm, you know, all this Germanic Nordic stuff, right? <laughs> that I learned in my childhood. Oh. And so as I started to be more soul led, I, I would do things like um, test, should I go left or right at this intersection? because there are many ways to get to where you're going. You don't have to go the same way all the time. And so I started to, to do this, you know, should I go right or should I go left? And I noticed I kept getting sent by like the accidents or somebody pulled over on the side of the road or this kind of weirdness. And I, I wasn't arriving on time or early, which is what my mind calls success. <laughs> wow. And I sat with that for a while. I'm like, soul why are we going these strange places well i've been sent there because i'm one of these energy transmuters and just the fact that i'm driving by this accident and that i look at the accident with compassion and i leave angels and all of that kind of thing that's why i'm being sent that direction it's not about me arriving on time and so after I came to that realization, I started with a mantra, which is, there's always exactly enough time. I always arrive at the perfect moment. 
And that helps me to release some of that conscious mind fussing that goes on. It's like, we're going to be late. We're going to be that. No, we will arrive at the perfect time. There's always exactly enough time. And would you know, I will get there and they'll be like, oh, we're starting late today. Oh, perfect. Oh, <laughs> right? <laughs> it, it worked out beautifully. I just feel like we are just connected, like so much on like a soul level. I know a lot of people are, but it's incredible the similarities that like you and I have. And I know a lot of listeners probably feel that connection too, but like I've told the story of where I'm like, okay, spirit, which way should I go? And they told me to go right. And then I'm stuck in traffic. And I am like, oh my gosh, like, are you what scared? am I doing here? Spirit, what like, are you doing to me? <laughs> like another patient, you know, test. Yeah. And it was really funny because then um, at this one particular day, the lights were all out. So everyone, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to take forever getting across the roads because I had to turn, et cetera, et cetera. And then right in front of me, this horrible car accident happens, like right in front of me, I'm at the red light. And I was like, oh my gosh, you I mean so I throw my phone to my son to call 911 I'm able to make my turn and I run to one of the women that was in the, in the accident and I was the only one to stop and help her yeah and I was like what are the odds you know what I mean I was like spirit the odds are a hundred percent isn't that nuts it I is it's 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 amazing how well the redundancy and the serendipity goes when you open to it Ooh. And it's important to leave your conscious mind a little bit to the side on that because it has its agendas and what have you. It's like, thank you. Thank you for sharing conscious mind. Now let's get curious about why I'm really here. Oh, I love that. Oh my gosh. Oh. I, I feel like I could just spend hours with you going over the serendipities, you know what I mean? All of this craziness, you know? What yeah, I mean? but we've yeah. kind of, we're, we're running out of runway here. <laughs> yes, it's just, it's so amazing. So I know everyone is probably just excited to learn more about you. You know what I mean? Maybe even have that coffee chat, take your quiz. Um, Where do I send them to? Where should they oh, go? Oh, yes. I will give you a couple of URLs here. If you are interested in a coffee chat with me, you can go to bookzofiacoffeechat.com. That's B-O-O-K-Z-O-F-I-A coffeechat.com. And that'll put you on, your, on my calendar for a 20-minute chat. And I guess I should also mention, if you're interested in delving into the world of hypnosis, I have a hypnosis special going right now. Ooh because I'm in certification, I need a bunch of clients that I haven't worked with previously. <laughs> and so um, put in the notes on the coffee chat that you're interested in that. And I will make sure that I send um, a link over for you to get registered for one of those if that's appealing to you. And I can do as many as three. So one, two or three entirely up to you on that front. Uh, and the superpower quiz, if that's more your jam, you want to check that out and then lurk around the edges of my world, uh, you could go to superpowerquiz.us. Superpowerquiz.us. Yeah. Okay, so put it in the notes for the people that the way. Notes, but just in case they're driving and they're going to let it stick into their, into, into their mind so they know um, where to reach you at. Exactly. So it has been such a pleasure. I'm so excited. I'm wishing yes. you so much love with your hypnosis. And I just want to say truly, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your experiences with us today. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been my honor and my pleasure. Thank you.